Welcome to a brand new episode of Load In, Load Out, a tour story podcast produced here in Athens, Georgia, and recorded at the state-of-the-art Kindercore Vinyl Pressing Facility. On this episode, Cash and Ryan sit down with Brian J. Howard, leader of the local group known as The Heap, and member in good standing of Crackers Touring Band. Topics of conversation include, but are not limited to, playing bass behind a bass legend, Kindercore has always been at war with the Classic Center, and a discussion of the Forest Heights deer population breaks out into an impromptu hunting podcast. We're as surprised as you are. Hey everybody, I'm Ryan. I'm Cash. And this is Load In. Load Out. And we are here this week with Brian Howard. How's it going? Tone off there. Hey, hey. Excellent. Yeah. Um, just the ringtone or your phone in general? Should I turn the whole... No, just the ringtone. <laughs> just so it doesn't make sense. <laughs> we're, we're busy people. we got to know if we're needed. That's true. But not during this. That would be really rude. But hey, Brian, how's it going? Speaking doing well, of really, doing very well. really rude, just talking. Ah, no, no, it's cool. It's, um, cool. it's, it's the Athens way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't know if talking over people is the Athens way. That's, oh, man. <laughs> um, so can you um, give us uh, sort of a background introduction, who you play with and all that? Stuff? Sure. Um, <clears throat> I currently I have a band here in town called The Heap. Jesus Christ. <laughs> just, just that last part. Which, wait, the intro or the last part? Just the little last part you did. Oh, introing him? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Um, so, uh, hey, uh, hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> Doing uh, well. This is a nice Doing natural well. segue back in, yeah. uh, cut back in. Yeah. Um, so, Brian, uh, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Cool. Well, uh, my name's Brian. I've been in town 21 years. Wow. I uh, currently play in a band here in town called The Heap, mm-hmm. and I tour with uh, the band Cracker. I've been with them uh, steadily for the last four years. But I moved cool. to town... 21 years ago with a band called Slack Daddy. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we okay, all lived together. Yeah. We had this plan. Yeah. So the Olympics were happening in 96. Yeah. Is that when you moved here? Exactly. Okay. So if we moved to Athens in 96, we'd be instant superstars because every place was going to be packed and it was going to be super easy to get shows. And what right. happened? Yeah, of course. So, totally. <laughs> right. you know, 21 years later. Yeah, the Olympics, I mean, they last oh, yeah. a long time, so, uh, like, it just keeps happening. Oh, yeah. One uh, of the funniest <laughs> things, though, was uh, I think we were playing... Yeah, 22 years. It's 2018. So, May, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, wow. May. Nice. But um, there was a place called Wishbones. Uh-huh. And I guess it's proximity to the stadium. This was one of the first shows we'd done. Yeah. The Olympics are going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we finish, and we hear this huge roar of... The soccer game? Yeah. <laughs> Brandy Chastain had just ripped off that happened. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's, that's right! right. Yeah. And we're looking at each other. Like, they we get us. Stars. They understand <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, and then there was a parade. And oh, then you were like, oh my God, these people love us. And exactly. then you turn around, you look out, there's like three people. It was something. Exactly. It was something yeah. I can't remember. It was something crazy. It was like somebody beat Brazil. It was like Nigeria beat Brazil or something like that. And I was, yeah, I was working at Walk so, Street and it was just like a flood of people with flags and drums and everything. And wild. Yeah. The soccer games were here, the football games. Yes. And rhythmic gymnastics. Yes. Ah, in Athens. Football and rhythmic gymnastics. 
Huh. Where, where were the rhythmic gymnastics? What, what? At the Classic Center, huh. which I think that was like the first. I mean, you know, I hesitate to call the Classic Center a scam because that's impolitic. But, <laughs> you know, like the first the first instance that the Classic Center was like a, a, a cash grab for public money was when it was going to be this amazing Olympics thing. And then it was like, OK, there was some room for stuff. But it was like, it's not big enough. We need to make we need more money. Then they just kept getting bigger. And bigger and bigger. Like Kindercore. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and well, at some point, the two of us are going to meet, and the rest of Athens will have just been assimilated. By both of us. Uh, Kindercore and the Classic Center will just keep expanding towards each other. There'll be a war at some point. <laughs> Rumble. As well, there should be. Yeah. You know? this, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was it. Was weird time yeah. with the Olympics here. I remember because I worked at Wall Street. I remember Dan Wall was convinced we were all good. We was, this is going to be the best thing ever. You know, it's, we're going to be, we're going to be, it's like printing money, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, we got, remember the pin trading yes. thing? Like everyone was like trading Olympic pins. Mm-hmm. They got this big thing. Like, and he bought all these pins and wound up like totally losing money on it. I think and it was just like, <laughs> he bought a bunch of them to sell them and nobody bought yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Because we were, I mean, people, I mean, people looked around and stuff, but yep. I mean, it was like standing in the store and he had like six of us scheduled at a time. Cause it was going to be like black Friday or yeah. something. You know, it was like be it was crazy. It was yeah, it was so weird. And then we were all just standing around looking at each other, like, look at all those people outside. They're all walking around on the street. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, where did you guys move from? We moved from uh, Alexandria, Virginia. That's right. Yep. I forgot. Yeah, you got mm-hmm. okay. So, because my family lives in, um, outside of DC in Maryland in Silver nice. Spring. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I played with a band up in Virginia called uh, I think it was Backyard Ritual. Mm-hmm. And they had had a band in Manassas called Mary Jane, and they were always telling me how great their bass player was. Uh, and it wasn't until like six years after I had lived in town, I was talking to Derek Olmsted, and he's like, wait, where'd you say they were from? It's like Manassas. He's like, oh, I was the bass player. No for- way. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so it's, and then we had known each Derek other for years. Derek Olmsted and his band Mary Jane. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Tease him about That's that. Little <laughs> on the nose. You lived around there during the uh, Teen Beat era. Mm-hmm. Team Beat Records was around mm-hmm. that, that yeah. area at the time. Yeah. I was in a band on Team Beat for a little oh, while. Oh, cool. Which band? Uh, Tracy Shedd. Nice. And oddly enough, uh, Matt, who, you know, his brother Matt, yeah. I met him when he was in high school in Pocket Rockets and didn't realize until after oh, yes. we moved here later, like I already knew him again. And he mentioned some old band that he was in Pocket Rockets. I was like, oh, I met you like forever ago. Nice. Yeah. I think the only folks I really knew, I'm pretty sure they were on Team Beat, was a Blast Off Country yes. style. Yeah, that was. Because I knew them from the JMU. Yeah. Helen. Or Evelyn? Or? Yeah. Evelyn. Evelyn. Excuse yeah. me, Evelyn. Yeah. 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 She ended up marrying Mark. Okay. They have like yeah. three kids now. Yes. I actually remember I saw Blast Off Country style at Lollapalooza. Oh, nice. They were on the side stage. It was like. The wow. side stage in, in Maryland was like how bizarre like, that they were like at Lollapalooza style and tsunami and like Crazy. a bunch of other like you got to regional. see tsunami. Mm-hmm. I mean, nice. I'd seen it before. But I like, love tsunami. Or I'd seen it at the same time as I was watching Green Day that time. Nice. You know, or whatever. You know, what I mean, like it was like that was it was crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, but so you guys moved up here to where you got had you guys played out of like were you an we established were, band up there doing stuff? We were you? getting to the point because um, I had left college to pursue this and we were waiting for our singer to finish his okay. degree so once he graduated then we yeah down. and we actually lived in comer 
Oh, for the first year. Wow. Yep. Because you were like, "This is we're gonna make it big." We're oh, make it was it big amazing. For the <laughs> we lived on like this hundred forty acre place. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a great story about that too. But um, there was a caretaker, Joe Wood, and it was kind of like his hunting uh-huh. uh, cabin because the people that lived there moved to Massachusetts, so. You know, he was all right with us living there, but he really missed, like, using it for hunting. He's like, yeah, if y'all ever come in and you see blood leading into the back door, you're going to know what's going on. So what the, what would be going on? Why would we ever have a trail of yeah, blood? What would be going on? Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> so no, no, we, no, don't worry about it. It's just a deer. I swear it's just a deer. Yeah, yeah wow. so, so we were out there for, uh, for uh, I think, about a year and a half. It's uh, it was an interesting place. Yeah. See, did I don't you, know. Did you practice that? Like, did you get it? See, that was what was great. And everything. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. See, I don't know why you get a whole hunting lodge with 140 acres out there when you could just go to Forest Heights and like, <laughs> there's more deer you there than I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you don't need. Oh yeah, you God. don't need a gun. Speaking you just of, hit, just run around, <laughs> run down in your car. I was walking my my dog Hambun through Forest Heights the other day. And I mean, it's like maybe three weeks ago, and out of nowhere, this deer comes cutting across, and it has an arrow sticking out of it. Oh, oh and, it's like, and it was the scariest fucking thing. The deer was like, and the deer was freaked out. Obviously, it has an arrow yeah. out of it. So it like ran out into the street right in front of this car that like slammed on its brakes. Hambone was like, because you could tell it was like this animal thing where he knew like something was sick because the deer oh, yeah. was making weird sounds and like. And he was just running back and forth through people's yards trying to figure out a way to get away, I guess. Oh, wow. It was so, like, intense. It was one of those things where you see, like, nature and you're like, respect. Like, yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah, like, yeah, that's like, crazy. Shit. Like, if that, you know, like, that had gone any Good differently, God. like, that deer could have just stampeded us, you know? Yeah. It would have oh. been like, all right, yeah. Was yeah. it a buck? Uh, yeah. So it could have so gored you with the horns. Yeah. And yeah. Some, I mean, so in some Antlers, way, clearly was... Hunting and it was like it looks like well it could have been someone hunting could have been some kid screwing around in his backyard I mean yeah because yeah. it was it basically was like they shot the deer in the ass and it was like you know kind of hanging and out shot but it then. was just like running around like you oh know, goodness what the fuck is happening that was scary oh. but um yeah oh. so, so uh, this is no longer a a uh, podcast about scary deer story stories podcast. it's a hunting podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Hunting podcast with only hosts and guests that yeah. don't hunt. Exactly. <laughs> like, so let's talk about, and it's not like anti-hunting. It's like let's talk about what we think hunting is like. Right. <laughs> this week, we'd like to shine a little light and love on the food bank of Northeast Georgia. The food bank of Northeast Georgia is a 501c3 that recovers donated and salvaged surplus food, and then distributes it to human service agencies that then distribute that food to residents in need. The food bank works with local, regional, state, and national product partners to bring that food into the community. You can learn more at foodbankniga.org. That's foodbankniga.org. Well, you know, one place, one reason we were excited about the place was like, yeah, there's enough that we can have our own festival here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we ran into Carl Lindbergh, who told us oh, about yeah. the Shanti. Uh-huh. And uh, he was doing that annually. We're like, well, you should come check out this space yeah. to see if you'd be interested. We'd love to have it out here. And he and a few folks came out. And they're like, well, you know, it's cool, mm. but I think it's a little far out. It's too far away. <laughs> so about two weeks before the festival, we see posters for it and we're looking at the directions like wait a second these are directions to our house oh no, <laughs> oh, no. like two weeks <laughs> ahead yeah. of time well it gets better though because it was the day everyone started coming in there were a few hundred folks 
And it was the one day that the owners of the oh. property had come down from Massachusetts. Oh, no. So I'm like, so we're having a few folks over. Yeah, just a couple of people. Just having a <laughs> Meanwhile, the car's everywhere. Oh, They're like, oh, just God. keep them out of the family cemetery. Everything oh, they were be fine. fine? They were actually cool with oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. So, that's but, cool. Yeah, and then... Uh, so there's a family cemetery on the land? Yeah. It was that kind oh, of place. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it like, was... Where yeah. Priscilla grew up in Florida, they had a... They're like the farm that the family had had... Had a family yeah. cemetery. Huh. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was, was like it out was in wild. Woods, you know, um, was it like out in the woods or something like that? It, yeah, it was. Of, you know, off a distance yeah. from the house, and you know, but you keep the we had done away. a lot keeping the place up, so they were they were fine with it. They yeah. liked that the grass was. That's cut. totally like who played the band? festival. Oh, a lot of folks. Um, Fuzzy Sprouts, uh, a band called Jeet Naju. I don't know if you remember them. I remember them. Kingfish. I remember that name. Uh, Big Daddy Zeb. I remember uh, that name. Uh, Big C, some uh-huh. Kingfish. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think Fuller. And I think Carlton Squat, I think, played. Yeah. Uh, Space Voyage, Ahem. Uh-huh. Um, Matt Stosel, who is actually the pedal steel player in Cracker now. Yeah. He was the first person to play. He played acoustic. Really? Yeah, it was a ton of folks. There was like some kind of Haitian dance thing. Cool. I was like, none of these folks are Haitian, but (laughs) (laughs) it's cool. They tell me what the dance is. So, (laughs) but it was great. Everyone was really nice, and yes, that's really funny. (laughs) Yeah, so that was an interesting introduction into like Athens life, and that's totally like moving here as a band. Like that's like the band dream, you know, like move somewhere together, live in a house together where you practice. We did it for I think five years. We lived together before yeah. we started going differently. Yeah, we were still playing, just you know, living like in different places. Tired of living with each other, maybe. You, know. you play with other people though, right? Yeah, you play with the Violent Femmes, right? Yes. Yeah. Tell us about that. That was um, so. I that all comes from playing with Kevin Kenny. Mm-hmm. So Kevin oh, Kenny, correct? Yeah. Um, and I was with him for eight or nine years. Okay. So Kevin is from Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. And grew up and was good friends with uh, Brian Ritchie. So on the ride to, like, my first show with me, he's like, so, so who are you some of your favorite bass players? Yeah. I was like, well, of course, James Jamerson, you know, Carol Kay, uh, John Paul Jones, Brian Ritchie. He's like, wait, wait, wait. Brian Ritchie from the Violent Femmes? He's like, yeah, he's like, he's one of my best friends, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man. So fast forward a few years, I'm playing with Sarah Lee Guthrie, uh, Arlo's daughter, and yeah. her husband. And um, Kevin was opening some of the shows. He had jumped off the tour at this point, but he's like, you're going to Milwaukee, you should call Brian. So it was like, you're this like, is uh, one of my, yeah, I mean, one honestly, heroes, one of my right? base heroes. <laughs> and I've got, you know, I was pacing for like, I was like, I'll just do it. Yeah, and uh, he was really cool on the phone and uh, told him there'd be tickets waiting. And he shows up and he stands in the wings of the stage with his arms folded, <laughs> just staring me down the entire time. And, you know, and I'm trying to oh put on God. a show, but I'm fully right. aware that, like, that this is happening right there. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> then afterwards, you know, he stuck around. We talked. Um, I had seen them at uh, the WHF Festival. Yeah. In, uh, yeah. And they, I think it was the very first one. And he's like, oh, was that the one where all the pizza boxes? I was like, I can't believe that this guy who's literally done thousands of shows remembers this specific incident and is correct about it. Yeah. But then, um, so after he saw that, he's like, hey, well, we're going to be in Charlotte October 29th. 
uh, why don't you come out if it's not too far and play bass on Gone Daddy Gone so I can do the <laughs> oh, no. song. It's not too far. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I promise you it's yeah. not too far. Yeah. Exactly. But the funny thing is, it was like this Halloween show. Wait, did he know that you wanted to play or did he just offer he that just, out of the... He just, you know, yeah. they're a really cool organization where yeah. like the, the techs also are That's the cool. horns of Dilemma and play during the show. Oh, okay. Nice. So, but it, it's a Halloween show, and I'm calling. I called Andrew from Slack Day. He's like, I'm about to play with one of my all-time favorites, one of my all-time favorite groups, but everyone's gonna be dressed like demons and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but it was great. Um, at Soundcheck, he's like, Yeah, we're gonna do this cold train. He was like, Oh God, now he's gonna find out that you know, I'm a hack or something. Did, yeah. But it was it was really <laughs> cool. So it got to the point where if they were within like 200 miles. He'd call and say, yeah. and then there was one time he's like, is Missouri too far to drive? I'm like, yeah, it's a bit of a haul. And like 15 minutes later, I had a plane ticket. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah. That's very cool. Then, Did you play with uh, Guthrie, uh, Sarah Lee Guthrie? Correct. Ah, uh, my friend, uh, Brad Loretti, I think toured with her a little bit. This Frontier Needs Heroes? Huh. Was it? Um, or played with her, at least. I was on the tour for their record called Exploration. Mm. Um, it was probably after. Did he mention like Zeke being with them or Jay I don't Brown? Know. I, I play on his albums and I play with him live sometimes. Uh, but he, I remember he him being really game? stoked about it. No, it's like acoustic y, like huh. Americana type stuff. They, they've got some great songs. Yeah. It was, uh, it was wild because that was the longest I'd ever been out. How long Straight was it? three and a half months, I think. <laughs> Yeah, that's dumb. yeah. Yeah, the first the first tour the agenda ever did was three and a half months long. It yeah. almost killed us. It was yeah. It's it's intense. Yeah, you know, and uh, especially all together and like learning how to get along with yep. these people. Yeah. Oh, and uh, their daughter was with us too. Oh, was, how old? Uh, she was two and a half. Oh uh, man! But it was great. Did they make uh, it? I feel like that might make it a little easier because there's something else for them to concentrate. Exactly. Well, they had a nanny who uh, was yeah. out, so. Uh, Olivia or Oni, as they called her, was like this great distraction for us because if you know, you know how things are on tour. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we can get real tense yeah. between each other. But it, yeah. she was blast. She was a lot of fun. That's great. So uh, she used to come to the side of the stage. I do this thing where I whip my hair around. And I'm like, oh, do the helicopter, do the helicopter thing. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, but uh, I stay in touch with uh, Sarah Lee and Johnny every now and then. Cool. Um, yeah, we open for. Uh, Ray LaMontagne yeah. on tour. I'd never heard of him. Yeah, I've yeah. heard his name before. Yeah, I've definitely heard of him. I've heard yeah. his music. And it was weird that like the first night, I was like, why is there a line around the block? Yeah, oh my gosh. Like, is it, was he, he was yeah, he, he, yeah. Was, he was pretty big. At the, it was, uh, he was promoting a record called Trouble, and it may have been like his first okay. thing. But, um, yeah. I, I remember he was huge there for a minute. He might mm -hmm. still be. Yeah, Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, that's all Trouble. Yeah, I remember that was hearing that. probably around bit. early 2000s, right? Because that was exactly. the time I owned a record store, and I feel I feel like I remember that album doing well. Oh, yeah, I can see that. And then after Sarah Lee and Johnny, I did stuff with Jim White. I did a tour oh, yeah. in Europe with him. Cool. And then I was also playing in other bands in town. Uh, there's a band called Jackpot City that mm -hmm. became Heavy Feather. I was with them. And um, When did the heap start? The heap started in, uh, I want to say it was 2008. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I had this bright idea. It's like, well, I'm the sideman guy, so all these folks that I play with can go off and do their own thing. It's like, I'm going to start a band. It was supposed to be like a morphine ripoff band okay. with just like two, three people. Which like, is ah. really funny because I assumed that when you were like, oh, there was a concept, I was like, oh, the concept was that there's a shit ton of people. 
Yeah, the concept was that it was three people. Yeah, and you, then it just kind of grew and grew, and then I was like, I completely <laughs> failed at what I was trying to do, which was have something I could go on the road with. Oh, I see. So, oh, when, so no, you created a band that you can't tour with correct. at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's way too many personal. Yeah, yeah but you know, it, How many it sounded are in so the good. It sounds incredible. Yeah. How so, many people are in the band? There are eight. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And you like, know. yeah, so there's a horn section, Correct. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun stuff. And um, so, and yeah. it's a new record? It's a new record. It takes eight years to put it out for no good reason at all. Um, takes yeah, a long see, time. like when we're, yeah. when, we're, when we're pressing records and some people are like, blah, 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 like, oh, whatever, it's not that big a deal. I'm like, some people have spent a decade on some of these recordings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, like, we need to make them as good as we can make them because like you said you guys have spent eight years on this record yeah, yeah i mean we've recorded it i think three different studios so it, it has an interesting sound because you know i think we did a session at Flickr. really know? oh really yeah. wow that's cool and um you know just did that remote and then uh, our saxophone players house his studio there's a percussionist i want to say he's like bishop or something todd mueller who has a great studio did okay. stuff there and then this whole time I'm getting recording gear. And um, when I was, I was to the point where I was like, there's no point in even putting this out because it's been so long. And then like, how are you going to promote a record where you've been playing those songs for eight years right. already? So I was like, you know what? We've never really had a guitar player in the band. So I started reaching out to some guitar players and having them come on made it fresh again for oh, me. Okay. It made it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was lucky enough. Uh, Greg Leischer from Camper Van Beethoven plays on it. Um, oh, cool. Matthew Williams from the Pickled Holler locally. He used to be with Randall Bramblett. He plays on it. Um, Kevin Sweeney yeah. is on it. Ben Sprague is on Kevin it. Sweeney. Yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> you know, I, was, I would take the song and I was like, oh, well, this one has this kind of group. Ben would be perfect for that. And, yeah. you know, when I got the stuff back, it was just, you know, it was fantastic. And Greg from Camper... I think he's one of the most underrated guitar players out there. Yeah, it's, um, that's awesome. He's, yeah. he's just fantastic. That's really cool. So yeah, it's it's been nice doing that. And um, did you guys have you guys done any? You haven't done any touring, have you? You right. know, we never did any touring. Although I think the farthest we went was like Valdosta or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they wanted to pay us, you know, twenty six hundred bucks. Oh to man, do it, so yeah, yeah. We'll bring eight yeah. people yeah. to Valdosta. So we had no problem bucks. doing that. And then we used to play in Macon and do pretty well. Yeah, and uh, that's awesome. We met this guy, yeah. and nice. uh, but yeah, so you know. Um, Things get busy for folks and the whole cracker thing. Yeah, how did that how did that come about? So just out of the blue, as yeah. far as I was concerned. I was playing in a band called Free Mountain with okay. Kevin Sweeney and Mark Brill and Jared Hosmick. And uh, we had done a show at the 40 Watt, and David came up afterwards and was extremely complimentary, which kind of freaked me out because my only experience with him before was when he yelled at me for somebody getting in the backstage door. Oh, because you at were the working. 40 <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. I was surprised, but I told Pam, I was like, my wife, I was like, yeah. I have a feeling I'm going to wind up working with him at some point. But I'll never forget, it was July 2nd, 2012. 
I get an email from Valina that's like, hey, how would you feel about going out on tour with Cracker for a month? Uh, they're doing this thing with the Bare Naked Ladies and Blues Traveler. And I was working at a, a software job at the oh, time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were, I, yeah. So, you so I went to the guy who was basically my supervisor. I was like, this just happened. And how do you feel about it? I was like, he's like, well, do you want to go? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, are you going to do it as vacation time or are you going to work from the road? I was like, ooh. Mm. We'll work from the road. That's what I used yeah. to do. So did that for a while, and um, they wanted me for a month, but I was able to do two weeks. Yeah. And then I guess you know things happened, and the band was restructured. So now everyone in the band, uh, except for Johnny, is from Athens or lives in Athens. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. Okay, that's yeah. How was your experience working from the road? Because that's why I used to be a data analyst, and I would tour and work from the road. <laughs> oh, it was. I mean, it was great. Um, I, I would, you know, monitor stuff. I could do whatever I wanted as long as nothing was going wrong. And if I had a project, knock it out as quickly as right. possible exactly, so that no one can complain. Right. But there would be times, I remember we did a show in London, which is another interesting story. Yeah. Um, but it, the doors are open. The only place I could get Wi-Fi connectivity was out in the crowd, so <laughs> everyone's filtering in, and I'm, you know, setting up somebody's custom software installation. That's really funny. Just... Yeah, and then because of the time difference, right? Uh, you know, I could go and like, well, I can do a conference call, but it has to be, you know, 11 p.m. Yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so what's the story about London? <laughs> um, some of the guys. This is uh, a, cra a cracker. This is cracker. Okay. Um, I think there was a mix-up with uh, work permits. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you know they're very strict about it. Yes, yes. they are. Well, it, it turned out some of the guys were um, not allowed to re-enter oh, for no. six months. Not allowed to re-enter. Yeah, it was, uh, they got caught, and basically it wasn't a huge deal, but the fact that they didn't just come out and say, this was the eyes or something. Or? So that's usually no, what it, it is. was. It was strict. It was a. Uh, but you've lied to the crown. Oh yeah. So like that. <laughs> so yeah. boom. Yeah. That, that's whole so weird because you know they've got like all the security cameras and the lights that circle the cameras that are like you yeah. know, telling you we are yeah watching your that every whole move. Situation is super going to. Yeah. I mean that's the only international touring I've done yeah. was going to England, but like the airport situation, especially because I think we went in two thousand three, so yeah. it was soon after nine eleven, oh, yeah. and it was like. It was no fun. Yeah, not at all. But, you know, to me, the story I told was true. I just left out the part about uh, bringing a bass. In fact, uh -huh. I was so nervous. Uh -huh. I we, were, we had been touring Spain. We're jumping over to do London. So some of the gear went to, I think we were going to go to um, either the Netherlands or uh, Switzerland after. So I didn't, like, I'm not going to walk through there with a bass and have them ask me, you know. And I forgot you pick it up after, but whatever. But yeah. I got in touch with Brian from the films. And I was like, do you know anyone in London who could loan me a bass? Mm. Dude shows up with like a 1962 Whoa. Fender P bass that's, you know, Whoa. easily worth $10,000. Yeah, yeah. Here, I'm, just this old thing. Uh, it's like, uh, I was just for one show. I was, I was terrified. I wouldn't even put it on a stand. It was either right. in my hands yeah. or like, in the case. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I, because I was... I didn't know if it was going to come through, and I had gotten to the point where I was like, well, what I'll do is I'll buy a base in London, uh, and then I'll just sell it 
at the yeah. merch table right. afterwards. I'll get everyone to sign ah, it and, you great. know, make my money back. Because yeah. Jim White would do stuff like that. That's he crazy, would, yeah. You know? So I think idea. he sold... I think he sold pretty much his whole touring rig at the end of our run. And really? Run. Sold his amps, sold was, his guitars. Wow, that's so Brilliant. Funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> you amazing. Know? Man. So, yeah, so it was uh, it was funny to me. Yeah. Well, so, so you didn't get in <laughs> No, because I told... Were you the only one that got away with it? Uh, David and I okay. got through. So at <laughs> Wait, one point... Got, so like you, they couldn't even play the show? or They eventually let them okay. in, which was good. But then they couldn't come back for They six couldn't months. come back for six months. They might be pissed. That'd be funny. That's funny. That's that's funny. That's that's funny. That's that's funny. Would have been funny if they wouldn't have let them leave for six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you live here for six months now. Now you work but, for the crown. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was Paid wild that um, because yeah. you know they're they're really everywhere else in Europe. You know, it was never a problem. But going yeah, in there, like, wow, I don't know. I mean, serious. I feel like Canada's the hardest. Canada's that's another very serious that I've heard. too. Like, we were you, fine going in there, but even if you have a DUI, like. Even if it's in your past, like they won't let you through, and then they were like, "Don't even try for like five years or whatever." They won't let you through, then they shame you. Yeah, on top no, of like, it. don't even try coming back. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not yeah. well, you should be ashamed of yourself. You fucking. <laughs> yeah. um, I think we were lucky because I had it was years and years ago, well over like fifteen years ago. I had a issue like that but i think the the festival wrote these letters for us we were mm. doing the winnipeg folk festival oh, up yeah. there so That's that cool. was cool and then when we were with soul asylum you know they just waved us through which really? was yeah because they were like known enough or i don't think so weird. i yeah. think it was just you know like oh this they look has well, it you know you look in the band and you know right. we don't really look like we're gonna cause trouble yeah exactly you know like, and it's guess, yeah it's not a lot of so we're pretty yeah easy going so they yeah they just waved us through um but that was wild doing that uh, soul asylum yeah tour. so what was that they were um it, it was just uh last year um, but I was all excited because the guy who's playing drums with him is Michael Bland, mm. who used to play with Prince. Oh, wow. So, just amazing. So, player. you were playing with Soul Asylum? I wasn't playing with him. Cracker was okay, opening the shows. Okay. So, but it, they were great guys. That's and, awesome. And, uh, yeah. Enjoyed the song. So, I've been really lucky. This is all going back to like work and how I found out about all this. And, uh, I, when it came up, I had, hadn't been on the road in probably like five years or so. And I was coming to terms with the fact, that, well, I, I got farther than at least, you know, 90% of people yeah. to try this. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And I've, exactly. I've enjoyed it. I had a lot of cool experiences. Yep. So if it's all behind me, you know, yeah. that's fine. And, Little did you know the biggest thing was and the, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which was pretty wild. And then, you know, after that tour, then I was called in to do some songs on the new record. Oh wow! So and then, recording too. Mm -hmm. So how 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 often are you touring with them? I would estimate we do that. I'm on the road with them about seventy days a year. Mm, uh, wow, that's that's a lot. But that's it's a lot. A, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a. And I base that off of I was told that uh, I know I was talking to Pistley said that 116 days on the road, but sometimes they do a thing where they go out. It's just the three of them. Mm. So, but. You know, most of the time. So yeah, it's, it's easily about seventy. Yeah. Is this your main thing now, or do you have, do you have to hold down a day job? No, um, I'm a voice actor. Really? Uh, yes. Dream. <laughs> For what? Um, what we know you from? Um, well, I saw you had the Nintendo Switch. Yes. If you um, do, you do Steam games at all? I do. Or, 
So there's a game on Steam called Day of Infamy. Okay. Uh, it's a World War II first-person shooter. All right. If you unlock the 92nd Infantry, <laughs> it's my voice. You're in there. Ah, That's okay. Amazing. And then the coolest one, the coolest video game to me is um, it's one called Observer. Uh-huh. So I'm recording this dialogue in my room in my little studio at home and send it in, you know, two, three months go by and then they're like, yeah, we're getting ready to release it in a few weeks. And then their surprise announcement is Rutger Hauer oh, wow. voiced the main character. Huh. So I'm playing this game so and I'm watching them. myself like basically act with Rutger Hauer, like having had no idea uh, who oh, it was going to be. Oh, that's super cool. That is and really do that. Cool. Um, so it's it, mostly for video games? Uh, commercials. Um, yeah. The audiobooks. Yeah. Got, the audiobook is selling really surprisingly well. What, what, what audiobook is it? It's called Something to the Effect of Music Theory, Everything You Need to Know from Beginner to Expert. Oh, okay. And... Um, when you go, so there's a company called ACX that's connected to Audible, mm. and I can go through and look at like books, and I always filter it like anything that's less than three hours. Uh, you know, I don't, not really into reading porn, so you right. don't filter <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Of, really? There's a lot. That's hilarious. So you basically you can just like look through people that are in yep. need, and, and then you audition submit. if they like it. You know, yeah. so I've that's done so three. Um, the first one I did was uh, Fast Road to Hell, uh, when the Daltons rode on Kansas. <laughs> it's all about the, the Dalton boys and all that. It sold 11 copies. I did. This is over a year. Um, so I did, did you get one, paid per copy? I get a percentage of his percentage of the royalties. Okay. Audible, I believe, takes 60%. Okay. So I ultimately split that remaining 40 with him. And then there's a thing called bounties. If somebody buys my book or buys the book that he wrote that I narrate and they join Audible to do it and they stay a customer for like 60 days, then I get an extra $25. Huh. All right. So, but yeah, the first book sold 11 copies. <laughs> the rebooted, which is like, I, one thing that's weird is you don't get to see the full script. Oh. And then I, when I got it, I was like, this is a retelling of the monkey's paw. That one sold oh, one copy. What? But no the, Are these like independent published oh, yeah. things? Like, okay, so these are just somebody wrote Exactly. So it's like you yeah. never know if something's going to catch. It's an audiobook not. of a book that no one bought either. Right? Correct. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like all the big sellers have yeah. already been taken. Well, you know, if it's going to, if it's somebody like a, a John Grisham or somebody like that, they're going to go to. You know, a known yeah, person like, because yeah, they people, yeah. they want to you know make sure that it's a success. But the music theory book has sold almost five thousand copies, hey, which is really you know pretty amazing. Christmas for, is gonna be good this year. It, it'll be all right. You know, it's, <laughs> awesome. I get a few hundred dollars in the mail yeah. every month. And See, that's man the coolest thing. I mean, like I it rarely ever happens. One time actually, it happened because um, you know when Macklemore and Ryan Lewis mm -hmm. came out, Ryan Lewis. Uh, and I got confused for each other on a royalty <laughs> statement from Spain. Um, unfortunately, it was only for one statement, and it was only for like a remix that he had done. So I got oh, like one hundred and twenty dollars <laughs> from him, and I was like, "That's cool." There's no way that I mean, like, can you imagine calling ASCAP and being like, "I think you gave this to the wrong person. Can I give it back to you?" They'd just be like, 
what? So wow. I just took it, but I was like, the next month, the next. He's coming after you now. I know. You just admitted it. Come on, man. He's coming after you. Come and get it. I owe you one hundred twenty dollars. Money. And I can I can finally get mad at you for making me not the Ryan Lewis that does music anymore. Oh, wow. Like every for a year, my whole life, it was like, oh yeah, Ryan Lewis does music. Yeah, and then it was like. Oh, you know that guy Ryan Lewis who does music? That's not you. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so any like crazy tour stories, any kind of like danger or anything like that? Danger. Your life was truly in danger. When I ever thought. Um, well, there was a bar in Amsterdam. I was there having a few drinks, and a uh, guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, you know, you, uh, you're American, aren't you? I was like, yeah. He's like, you know how I know? It's like, because you're fat. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> Seriously? Like, yeah. So Was he wasted? He was wasted. Okay, yeah. And, you know, and I'm there with, uh, I think it was with Kevin and his friend Eric from uh, Dikreutzen. Uh-huh. We were just hanging out and then the guy comes over he's like my people used to sell your people no and i was like wow this guy has absolutely no filter i was like where does he expect this to go so you know i'm i'm like i don't want this to escalate we wind up talking a little bit realize he's just hammered right and then he throws what i think is his wallet on the counter uh-huh. and he's like this is hashish <laughs> this is hashish if you want to take it back to the states you take it and you shove it up your ass <laughs> <laughs> i was like wait a wait a, a second first it of starts hash. off i'm fat <laughs> then your people sold my people now you're trying to get me to shove hash yeah. up my ass yeah and the, like does he want this? you to yeah. buy it buy the, sell it i or swear what? to God by the end of the evening he's invited me out on a boat ride with oh. him and his friends You're like, and no, Kevin is like no you totally should have gone on that yeah oh yeah that would have been the craziest experience of your life yeah it was it was pretty wild I will not get on a boat with you sir oh my god seriously yeah so we know what would happen on the boat well that would have been the part of the story where you died yeah exactly and so this, you <laughs> wouldn't be here yeah. it was just such or a weird die. way for the whole thing to Progress and it's like, crazy. and he wouldn't go. And Kevin and I used to say that we were, you know, freak magnets, and yeah, it would be all kinds That's of stuff. That's happened like that to me on tour too. The if there's somebody, so if there's like a weirdo in a bar and they're gonna start messing with somebody, yeah. it's always me. Yeah. Like, for whatever reason, people will just come up to me and they'll just be like, hey, yeah. and just start pushing me. And you're like, what? Yep. What did I do? Oh, like, yeah. Matt and I would joke about this endlessly with grape soda because everywhere we go, it'd be like, Oh, cool! That guy's gonna hassle me now, and then it would happen like immediately. We were, we, were, we were in Philadelphia. We were talking about it. We walked into this bar, and I was like, "Oh, that's gonna be the guy." And like, like five seconds later, the guy's like, "Hey, hey, like, what's wrong with you?" Uh, like, it is funny because you know, working at the forty watt for years, it's like I can spot him immediately. Oh, yeah. and know you know which one yeah. it's gonna be, and yep. you know, be like ninety percent accurate. That yeah, it's yeah. usually the jerk. Yeah. yeah. But you oh, yeah. mentioned Philadelphia. I got a pretty funny story. At least it's funny to me about yeah. Philadelphia. This is when Slack Daddy was playing. We did go yeah. around, and we were in Philadelphia playing Doc Watson's. And um, first off, right after sound check, the AC system catches on fire. Oh my god! <laughs> now we had just had stuff stolen the week before, a week or two. 
And so we're loading out and they're like, no, it's a fire. We like, we know. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting everything out. Yeah. So it turns out that we're going to do the show anyway. Was Um, it the summer? It was in the summer. We were still in school then. And, um, there were some friends of ours. I think we were staying with a dude from the band, a band called the Julies. But he needed to leave at the end of the night, and there's this car blocking like the fire escape that we used to load in and out. We're like, "Hey, can somebody move that car?" And they're like, "Hey, do you know whose car that is?" Like, how would I know whose car that is? That's that's Tex Cobb's car. Like, okay, well, who moves Tex Cobb's? Like, car. well, please get Mister Tex to move his car. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't put two and two together. There was Randall Tex Cobb. From one of my all-time favorite movies, Raising Arizona. Oh shit! So yeah, wow. he comes out. That's crazy. Like, oh my god! And uh, one of the dude who we were staying with was like, "Hey, can, can we see you throw a punch just to see an action?" He's like, "Ah, I couldn't do that. He's hammered." And then he throws what? his foot up, misses the dude's nose by like half Whoa. an inch. He's like, "Ah, scared you, didn't I?" <laughs> 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 but uh, he signed our mailing list and that's moved amazing. the car. But that's so cool. Yeah, but it was like, is he from Philly? It's Leonard Smalls. Yeah, I think so. so funny. Wow. He was especially hard on the little thing. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that flies. Oh, Oh, it's so good. Yeah, these balloons blow up into funny shapes. Not Not unless round is funny. funny. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I'm working on this song right now Uh, um, that I think is, I'm probably going to. Uh, debut Tuesday uh, called I Hate Balloons. Oh, wow. And I used that sample. I was like, wait a second. Uh, I was like, how can I? <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't really have the money to dig into like licensing and all that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just, like, it would look pretty hypocritical if, you know, bass player from Crackers like stealing stuff from those <laughs> color. <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> your boss has a reputation. Like, I mean, so, you you should have just anything, stolen it know? and then put it up on Spotify. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's cool, man. Yeah, so oh. it's, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, what a great movie. Yo, Speaking yeah. of which, we're driving yeah. through, we were coming from I want to say Zurich, or driving to Bilbao or something like that. And we get out of uh, the van, and David's like, Oh, just to let you know, I sued Spotify last night. <laughs> So All right. We're going to be answering for that for the rest of the tour. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it's, it was really it was fascinating. I'm, I'm really, he's a really cool dude. And I feel I've learned a, a lot from him. That's he's awesome. Really funny. Yeah. yeah. That's very so, cool. I've only been around him a few times. I don't think I've met yeah. him. Actually. I'm not sure that we've met, met, but like, oh, it's David. Oh, hi. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, great guy. Yeah, he yeah. should. He's, yeah. um, He's got some great stories. I bet. I <laughs> That's bet the does. trick is getting people to tell you the stories that they don't want to part oh, with because yeah. they involve too many people they don't want to sell out. Or yeah, exactly. we had a few people on here were like, yeah. they told stories, but there was other stories they could have told, but they chose not to oh, because yeah. they didn't want to anger other people. This exactly. used to happen in the beginning more too, but remember like people would say stuff and then they'd be like, actually, can you edit that part out? Yeah. You know? And I'm a big fan of putting of bleeping people's names out because I think bleeps are hilarious. Like just when you're listening to something out of nowhere, it's like boop. And you're just like, wait, what? So there was one episode where Jeff Tobias was on talking about somebody getting uh, they got pulled over in Poland yeah. and the guy ate a bunch of weed like he had a bag in his pocket and he had to eat it oh and so he had said the guy's name and then it was like oh no he has like a really serious job now like don't you know whatever and a family <laughs> so or whatever the episode yeah. was just hilarious because it was like every time he says his name boo, boo, 
<laughs> ate all this weed and it was crazy because <laughs> was like blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, so now like Cracker is your main touring thing now correct and yeah. then the Heap record mm-hmm. came out just recently or is yeah um Camper and Cracker do this, uh, they do a three-day festival here in Athens, and they also do one out in uh, California. So California is called Camp Out, Athens is called Camp In, and the very hardcore, very dedicated Cracker fans uh, call themselves Crumbs. Okay. So the Crumbs descend upon Athens, and I'm like, well, this is the perfect time. So that was my hard deadline. Oh, nice. you know, we were out on tour, and I'm still trying to get you know artwork and all this Finishing stuff together. Bit, and, so, yeah. But it was it was great, and uh, turned out. I mean, I think as well as we could have done without spending another eight years on it. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> it has to be done at some point. It, exactly, yeah. and it was, it was like, because I'm thinking, it's like, why does this take so long? It's like, oh, because you were lazy and you didn't work on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, really? Did it really take that, that long? In reality. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, man, well, that's yeah. so. How can people find it? Um, the easiest way is it's on Spotify. All the, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> funny enough, <laughs> it's funny because I, I get auditions Spotify, from Spotify for voiceover work. Oh, wow. And I, half the time, I was like, should I tell my agent? It's like, nah. That's really funny. <laughs> no need for them. Like, no. I think this is a conflict of interest. I'm financially involved with someone who's But you know, I can, you. I'll do a spot for rap caviar or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually la- uh, landed any Spotify jobs, wow. but I, I see a good number of them you know, come really, through. Wow, In fact, I did really crazy. two or three auditions from this past week. You haven't done, have you done any cartoon stuff or anything? Or? Um, not any, no. Not yet. Adult um, cartoons? No. No, no cartoons. <laughs> not yet. You're like, that's walking where, around that that's one where the really like, came um, from. I no, had one cartoon and then you're like, never again. Fritz the Cat reboot. It's like, well, they're, they're little animated things that okay. I do, but I don't really, you not know, it's cartoon. not really like, you know, character work or yeah, anything. Right. It's more uh, like e-learning cartoons okay. and, yeah, yeah. and stuff. And I the, did some, um, it actually is really funny because I did like a math, like e-learning thing. <laughs> And um, it was ridiculous because, like, I, math has, like, lifelong been one of my biggest problems, <laughs> like, to the point where I, like, stress dreams about it. And so, like, Ugh. to have to record, like, and I was so broke at the time and I really wanted to get into some of this stuff. So I was just like, I will take it. And I just, like, sat there in a living hell, like, reading all this stuff about math that I didn't understand. And I was uh, like, I hope yep. this is right. <laughs> the, the worst is when, you know, you, it's like, I just, I hate what I'm talking about yeah. and I can't do it and that's what I love is now my own boss so yeah. if I can fire a client I couldn't yeah. do that before I like, I was, mind. I don't yeah, yeah. it's like yeah it's just not worth it not worth my time yeah and, and I travel with the you know a 
interface and a so decent. So you can do it out on the so road. You have to find a nice, quiet place. Try. Um, yeah, I was doing a thing for this company. They're doing a movie about big pharma. Okay. And they were trying to get it ready for some film festival. And uh, the guy I room with on the road, I think we're together because we both snore terribly. <laughs> so Me I'll too. build like a little sheet over like a little fort over myself. But these folks are like, we need these pickups if there's any way we can do it yeah. tonight. And I was like, here's the deal. It's yeah, like, like, I can't promise you without clean snoring. audio. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there may be. And um, so I did it, and I wasn't really impressed with the uh, the noise reduction software huh. I used because right. it took a... Yeah. <laughs> <down> the, <laughs> <laughs> so I could hilarious. just go through and cut those out, oh, yeah. and it wasn't that bad. That's but, great. You know, it's... Um, I can usually find a time or place to, you know, sneak in auditions and yeah. get that done. But usually I prefer to do, like, real work. Mm-hmm in the studio yeah but um i did do uh if you work at walmart their in-store app for like setting your schedule oh yeah i'm the guy that does the explainer videos for them really so but so whenever those come through it's a little different so like we um everyone got sick in texas uh recently (laughs) when we were on this run Mm -hmm. i think it was december and um we actually had, had to cancel two shows i don't think the band has canceled shows wow. since I've been with them. But yeah, I mean, like uh, David wasn't able to fly. And when was this? This was, I want to say it was December. So right when everybody was getting sick. Everybody, like... It was horrible. I think I was sick for like two yeah. months straight around then. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of sickness. Yeah, it was, um, it was intense. Down with the sickness. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. But yeah, so, you know. You don't know what I'm talking about? I mean, the yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> oh man! Well, um, so, what do you got? What do you have coming up? Anything? Uh, anything on the horizon you're excited about? You know, um, really, I'm interested in seeing. Um, I would like to think there's going to be another Cracker record to yeah. come out. I've been having a blast doing. I just, I'm finally got my business license, all that set up for my company. Del Toro sound, which is basically the voiceover, but I also wanted to do music for hire. Cool. Um, it was had like a song good poems, f- like you play the music in the background and you get yeah, that's to what they over want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be rad. Well, Bill Doss um, loved dearly. Yeah. Every now and then would say, "Hey, I need you know a yeah. bass part for this," and that's when I really caught on to. Oh, this is something that you but can do. And make- it, yeah. And that's the thing. It's it's crazy because like every day or any time I, you know, I'm working on something like, oh, I wish I could play it for Bill. You know, yeah. it's um, oh Bill. But yeah. you know, it's I'm, funny. I had the same. I, I had the same realization. And actually, Matt and I, because uh, Bill had asked me to do something on, t- and I was like, oh yeah, same exact thing. And yeah. Matt and I did some pursuit for a while and did some um, some background music stuff. Nice. Um, How I mean, did it go? It was it was good. I mean, it was just it, it's hard to hustle all that stuff up and not know. Who, you know what I mean? Like we didn't really know who we were going for, so we got a couple of jobs because of people that we knew. Gotcha. You know, and that was cool, and yep. they paid well and stuff. But it was just you know trying to. I'm really bad at like trying to like keep up like a freelance thing. Like I'm gonna have like a, obviously like a big project to work on instead of like just like little, you know, obviously I just you know you know but, I did it one time for this guy Trevor Holland that was on Teen Beat oh yeah I think he used it my drum tracks on his album yeah I never heard it I don't know 
I, no I, I did the same thing. For I know it was accredited on it. I, oh, wow. I recorded a bunch of Danger Mouse. Actually, Bill Doss, like he, um, Brian had asked me to play. He was doing something, something that he was working on that was supposed to be 60 sounding. And he was like, and this is when we had the Kindercore studio by Chase Park for <laughs> like one year. Um, before it became a swingers club after we <laughs> moved out. Um, I've heard stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, so anyway, so yeah, Brian came in and Bill recorded it on tape and then he gave it to him, gave him the reel of tape and that was it. So like, I have no idea oh, if he wow. ever used that stuff for anything. It'd be really funny if it was like, oh, that was on the Black Album or that was on, you know, or the Gray Album or like that was on, nice. you know. It, was, it would be like the new Red Hot Chili Peppers record. He busted it out for that. Um, is he the new Red Hot Chili Peppers? The most recent one he produced, yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great! Like in the '60s when they would have like the beat, you know, like the fake Beatles bands or whatever, and make records. That well, there's the Red Hot Chili yeah. Pipers. There was this famous story that happened recently where like this couple bought these tickets and flew somewhere. I thought they bought Red Hot Chili Peppers tickets. Oh, no. and it was actually the Red Hot Chili Pipers, which is a bagpipe awesome co- band that covers, covers Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow, wow. that's like Dread Zeppelin level. Yes, that's like, man. Yeah. I actually love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I much prefer Red Hot Chili Pipers to actually Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. That's fantastic. Well, um, cool, man. Thank you so much for coming uh, in. Is there anything pleasure. else you wanted, uh, wanted to mention while you're here? Uh, any, other, um, any other deep cuts, good ones? No, there's a, you know, I've just been having fun. Just it's like, hey, I'm going to do something that sounds like this. And, uh, since I've met the camper guys, it's fine. I was like, I'll send something to Jonathan uh, Sagel in Sweden. Uh-huh. And to me, it's just mind blowing. It's like I can do this. Yeah, that's cool. From the you know the comfort of my own home. And talking about Bill, one of the things I loved about that was that he was calling in local people. And there's yeah. so many talented people totally in this town. Oh yeah, you know, this town's crazy. That and that <laughs> and like the town, like you talk about moving here and then getting all this stuff. Like, you know, I have friends in, you know, nothing against New York City, but friends are moving away from here to New York to be in a band. I'm like, yeah, dude, why? you are going the wrong way <laughs> New York around. is the worst place in the world to be in a band. Absolutely yeah. so the worst. I mean, unless, I was, unless you have a trust fund. Yeah. Well, which most of the people. Which most yeah. of the people yeah. living in New York. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's but, like um, cheap rent, a ton of musicians, so many opportunities. Really, you got really good PR ones. companies, the best studios in the world. Vinyl, Vinyl plant. <laughs> a present plant yeah. now. World class club. I mean, so many other musicians. Like, why the fuck would you move somewhere I, that you have to pay ten times the amount of rent? Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, I've I've had this conversation with my wife fairly often. It's like, you know, we love the house where we are, love this town, love the people. It's like it, it's my forever spot. You yeah, know? same I'm here. Absolutely. Happy to be from Virginia. Love it. Love to go back and visit. Sure. But it's gotten to the point when people ask me where I'm from now, instead of yeah. saying outside DC, I say I'm from Athens. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm getting to that point. Uh, I mean, I, I've you lived, been here long. Enough. I've been here long enough. I've, I've yeah, moved around my. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've moved around quite a bit. But other than my hometown Jacksonville, I've been I've stayed in Athens the longest of anywhere else. It's usually two years. I mean, and I, I understand why. You don't. Why you want to be able to not have to claim Jacksonville I anymore? I love Jacksonville. I, I understand why. Everybody you, hates you Jacksonville. I love Jacksonville. Athens, but you're just you can't get them. Sorry. You're not allowed to talk shit about Jacksonville. <laughs> you're not from there. I'm allowed to talk shit about <laughs> Jacksonville. Jackrabbits? Is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I will refrain from talking. I mean, I know the there. guy who owns it, and I like the person. Is that a but, stump room where they've gotten rid of all like the bar stools with tree stumps? No, they they were they were uh, tire. Was that Bar. That what now? 
Brothers Bar? Was that? Oh my God! I thought no. you, I thought you just said there was a place called Mark Mother's Bar, and I was Mark, like, Holy oh shit, my God! Yeah, there will be that's the trademark. No. Uh, uh, Please open a bar. That would be fantastic. Jack Rabbit's had the car, tire rims, like the okay. car rims. There was a place in L.A. that had the tree stumps. Yeah, it's called I, the Woods. Uh, when I would play with Kevin, he's like, "Oh yeah, we're doing a stump room." I'm like, what in the world is a stump room? He's like, "They've replaced all the bar stools with tree stumps, so you can't break them over each other with fights wow. coming." I was like, "Oh." And then they got then a bunch yeah. of those Scottish log throwing guys came. In. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had the craziest bar fight they've ever had. Time for a caber toss. Trees around. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love Jacksonville. I mean, I, I, it's got some issues. I feel like if some place, if someone went in there and opened a PR company, a good studio, and a couple of labels, they would do very. Jacksonville would start doing really well. There's a bunch of really good bands there, super talented musicians, really great people. There's also a lot of shitheads, but I can see that. You know, yeah, it happens. It's anyway. one of the great things about Athens. Man. It yep. has everything. It has the entire music uh, industry, uh, music, uh, whatever you call it, that yep. that you need. Like, you know, it's got a music business school here. It's got great studios. Yep. It's got all the musicians. It's got PR Nucci's, companies, yeah. everything. What yeah. now? Nucci Space. Nucci Space, which is yeah. unbelievable. Like, if you're a musician, you can get insurance yeah. here for free. Yep. Where the hell else can you do that? <laughs> People ask, you know, what it's like living here. I'll often send that Patton Oswald. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah you, you, can't, you either leave right after exactly. college or you can't ever leave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a, a great home, and I just I absolutely love it, and yeah. so many talented people. You I know, know. it's incredible to just it's look. Like, I need a singing saw player. Yeah. it's like oh yeah, well, <laughs> we've got four. Which one do you want? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, so, for example, like pedal steel. Yeah. Trying to find a pedal steel guitar player in Jacksonville, there was one. Oh wow! And he played for everybody. There's like. <laughs> 10 here that yeah. I can think of. Yep. That are good. That yeah. are good. Really good. Yeah. There's a guy who works on a water band, yeah. John Neff. Yep. Neff unbelievable. Yeah. 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 It's, you just never know. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I'm amazed with the the level of talent. I agree. I really am. Yeah. It's good to appreciate every now and then yep. too. I feel like a lot of times it's easy to just kind of be like, oh, yeah. you know, we're all in our own thing. And like, yeah. it is, it's true. You can see I've, you know, seen and heard some of the most incredible Oh, yeah. musicians yep. in this town so and i think played. working at the 40 watt was just one of the best things for me i would see i mean quite literally like you know 150 to 200 shows a year yeah right you know and it's, i felt pretty connected at yeah. that time i don't get out as much now but i yeah. still you know appreciate what i did see and oh. knowing that i can go out exactly i love almost any night there. and i'm gonna <laughs> find something that's you know entertaining yeah, yeah. Now, now i'm just like oh yeah i want to go to that show and then i forget about it <laughs> or, well no then you realize you're here yeah i'm work. here until like <laughs> two o'clock in the morning yeah. Like, yeah, i would love to go to that show but i have to be at work yeah, yeah. you know somebody's got to make the records right wow but um, well speaking of let's go make some records i think i think we need to i think we need to switch this next job up but thank you for coming thanks for having me yeah of course it was great yeah it was a lot of fun thanks for listening to this episode of load in load out a tour story podcast produced by me bill fortenberry this episode was recorded by our associate producer alex scarborough our psa writers are matt lewis and lydia brambila our hosts as always are ryan lewis and cash carter We'll see you back here next time. Have a wonderful week.